Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Ashley, and we're the Theme Parkettes. Find out more about us, our store, Ashley's travel planning services, and more at MainStreetInspirations.com. Today, we are breaking down all of the Walt Disney World resorts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are going to go through every single hotel at the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando and tell you everything that you need to know about them. So in case you have decided that you want to stay at the Walt Disney World Resort, we are going to help you figure out which resort is right for you and right for your vacation. And if you listen to our last episode, you probably are already convinced that you want to stay at a Walt Disney World Resort. So this should make your decision making much easier. Right. In our last episode, should you stay at a theme park resort, We did not try to tell you (laughs) that you definitely should or shouldn't. We left it up to you to make that call. But I think we pretty much determined that if you can't afford it, staying at a Walt Disney World Resort, if you're staying in Orlando and going to Disney World, is probably your best decision. Absolutely. I mean, the pros outweigh the cons. So Right. And rather than going through all of those pros... Uh, over and over throughout this episode, since we already mentioned them. I'll just list them really quickly here, uh, or you can go back and listen to our whole other episode. But those include Extra Magic Hours, The Magical Express, your advanced dining reservations, 180 plus 10 days prior to check-in. Not 190 days, right, Ashley? No. <laughs> your Fast Pass Plus reservations, 60 days prior. Uh, Disney Transpo, meaning the buses, the boats, the monorails, the Skyliner, free parking if you do have a car, and then, of course, charging privileges, package delivery, and the intangible Disney magic that comes with staying it's in the Disney bubble. It's in the water. It's in the birds singing. <laughs> it's in the breeze. Yep. Can you tell that we're big fans of staying at a Disney resort? If you can do it, we highly recommend it. So we're going to go through and break down every single Walt Disney World Resort, hotel by hotel. Ashley is a travel consultant that specializes in Disney vacations. So it's mostly going to be me interviewing her and her expertise. So we're going to start by going from the most budget-friendly to the most luxurious Disney hotels in Orlando. And then we're going to start talking about individually what they offer in terms of what their exterior is like, the room type, the pools, the dining, and your transportation to the parks. And then I'm just going to ask Ashley, at the end, I'm going to ask Ashley her opinions as a travel consultant that specializes in Disney vacations, what her opinions would be on different types of vacation, like honeymoon versus family trip. Don't tell me. I don't want to be spoiled. Okay, right. Fine. Okay. We'll leave those to the end. Okay. So as usual, we always have show notes for each of our episodes. So if you're not interested in listening to what the value resorts have to offer, go ahead and check the show notes and fast forward to where you are interested in listening from because we're here to help and we want to give you the information that you need so you can plan your best trip. So let's start with the value resorts. Okay. So Walt Disney World Resort has a handful of what they consider to be their value resorts and their value resort category. So generally speaking, these resorts have the least expensive rack rates. And when we refer to rack rates, it's essentially the cost of the room with no discounts or package specials or anything added to it. So it is the basic cost of the room. And then, you know, throughout the year, Disney will sometimes release certain packages, certain discounts, things like that. So just so everybody knows, if we say rack rate, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the pricing that will maintain depending on when you travel. There are a handful of resorts in this category. The most well-known are the three all-star resorts, all-star movies, all-star music, and all-star sports. They are right next to each other. They are large, expansive resorts. I think Jessica and I have both stayed there for school-related trips, or at least I, I did. I stayed there for a did school. You? No, I stayed there on a vacation. Oh, okay. I stayed at all-star music. I stayed at All-Star Music, too, when I was there in high school with my high school chorus and band because we were performing at Magic Kingdom. So they tend to skew towards large groups and large groups of non-adults. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it's basically large groups of traveling children 
and teenagers who are all there to do the same thing in some sort right. of performance. So to be clear, sports, music, and movies, there's really not much difference between the three of them. It's just the theme. Right. Yes. So for movies, you have a mix of animated and classic Disney films. All of the resorts have giant statues throughout the resort. Like, for instance, all-star movies, there is a 101 Dalmatians section. And so there are giant statues of Pongo and Perdita out in front of some of the buildings. They're painted Dalmatian print. They are all bright colors, loud colors. The theming is very intense around the topic. So it's like you jumped into the Disney Channel, like yes. a Disney Channel commercial. That's what it's kind of like. It's a really you're there. good description. Absolutely. Loud colors. Yeah. Loud, yeah. It's it's very intense like it's an intense kind of theming. It's the best way I can describe it. It's certainly yeah. subtle subtlety is not the All-Stars right. strong suit. <laughs> it's not what they're going for. So what would you compare the All-Stars to hotel-wise? So all of the All-Stars are built with exterior-facing doors. So there's no interior hallways. All of the rooms face outward. The buildings are really large. There are lots of rooms at the All-Stars, and all three resorts are connected. They're all next to each other. Best way I could describe it architecturally would be like a Motel 6-esque environment yeah, much I nicer you yeah, know, and the themed room, yeah, obviously themed and the room I mean the rooms are really nice um, they're actually all going through a renovation right now um, which currently this is 29 late 2019 hopefully they'll be done soon so they're all getting you know a refresh uh, you know flooring instead of carpet etc which if they were still how they looked when I was there in 2004 they desperately needed it um but, you know, they they definitely have that motel kind of feel. The other thing um, to keep in mind, too, is that the All-Stars do not have a table service restaurant. Or a bar and lounge, I found. That's true, <laughs> yes. So they do have pools, obviously. They have snack bars at the pools, and they have a food court-style eatery, gift shop, etc., but no table service restaurant. So I think... My feeling is that the All-Stars were built for the kind of people who are really not thinking they're going to spend a heck of a lot of time at their resort. They're going right. to... You're there to sleep. Yes, basically. They're to shower and sleep and that's... And, and in comfortable settings, by sure. you know, it's definitely comfortable, but it is not a resort where you're going to find yourself wanting to hang out for long periods of time. I have to tell you my experience. I think that you staying there with a youth group, this hotel was created for that type of youth group visit. I was there on a romantic trip, um, <laughs> and we we only just knew that it was a Disney. We wanted we wanted to have the perks of staying in a Walt Disney World resort, and but we didn't want to spend a lot of money, and so we stayed at All Star Music. Yeah, and it was loud. It was noisy. <laughs> there were there were a lot of children for sure everywhere. Uh, the pools, you know, they're nice pools, but they don't have a water slide or anything fancy. It was a lot of walking, <laughs> no valet. Yeah. The buildings are very spread out. That's the other thing too, is the the room sizes are small and the buildings are very spread out. So, and a lot of times the theme park buses are, are shared between resorts. So it is a lot of walking. You're rarely convenient to the thing that you want to be close to, whether it's the right. bus or the food court or the pool or whatever it is. Right. I mean, there's no health club, no valet, no room service, except you could order pizza. You are getting all the perks of staying in a Disney resort, but you're, that's why it's called a value resort. Did you happen to stay there in April of 2004? Because I might have been that obnoxious child. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you, Ashley? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it is very, very possible. We definitely, you know, I will admit that at 14, we definitely were <laughs> not sleeping, running mm-hmm. around. Yeah. You know, it's a bunch of theater geeks at Disney. Like what? Right. I, I need I say more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this hotel is. But I, apol- I apologize because now as an adult, I'm like, I cannot believe I was that. I'm that person now that I'm like these kids. But I will say a lot of these groups, you know, Disney hosts between youth groups, cheerleading competitions, dance competitions, sport competitions. There are a lot of youth-oriented groups that come to Disney for a variety of things. This is usually where they stay, partially because of the space and the amount of rooms, 
they can all stay in the same location, which just makes it easier for them to travel to and from wherever they need to go. But also because if they have them all in this one particular environment, you know, they're not disturbing guests at other resorts. And it makes it more affordable for families who are traveling with them on their school trips, whether it's chaperones or with siblings, it makes it more affordable for them to travel with their, with the people that, that are attending. So that is actually, I think a pro if you are a person who plans these kinds of trips for youth groups, this is definitely where you want to go. If you are someone who's vacationing, you you might want to inquire with your trusty travel agent, hint, hint, whether or not it is during cheerleading competitions or dance competitions, because we'll be able to tell you, and then you'll know whether or not you're going to wake up in the morning to cheerleaders doing lifts and (laughs) cheers outside your window, which happens. So going through my list here, exterior, motel style, room types. Room types are, for the most part, your standard and preferred rooms. Preferred rooms generally just mean that you have a better view or that uh, you are closer to the food court or the buses. The only resort out of the three that has suites is All-Star Music. It has what they call the family suite, and it uh, maxes out at six people per room. Currently, as they are being updated, they are all being converted from full-size beds to queen-size beds. So you'll have two queen-size beds. Uh, Usually the max per room is four people or four adults, I should say. But the rooms themselves in terms of space is pretty small. So Mm. you're definitely not going to have a whole lot of room to move around inside yeah, I your think it's, what, hotel like 200, room. 260 square feet. Yeah, they're not big. And Disney, when we give you, just so everybody knows, when we give you a room count, uh, the maximum of people per room, that is set by Disney. And it is legally based on fire codes and things like that, the number of people. So if your trusty travel agent tells you that four people are allowed to sleep in the room, four adults, you should stick to four adults or less. So Pop Century, similar to the All-Stars, is larger than life theming. It has, you know, bright colors, large statues. Each building is dedicated to a different decade. So you could stay in the 80s or the 90s or the 50s or the 60s and has that kind of theming based on whatever decade you're in. Exterior, similar to All-Stars, is uh, exterior entrances, no interior hallways. So your doors are going to face outside. In terms of room types, you actually have a little bit more options. You have your standard or preferred, and then you have standard pool view and preferred pool view. Bed sizes are all queens. Pop Century is a newer resort of the value resorts. The All-Stars are the oldest and Pop Century is one of the newest. Again, four people per room. It is pretty spread out. One of the pros is that you can actually walk to Art of Animation, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, But again, food court, no table service restaurant, pools, but no bar. They do have a fountain play area for the kids. They do. They do. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I believe they have an arcade. Actually, I think all of the resorts have an arcade. Yeah, they all do. Some of the reports that I've gotten, though, which is interesting, is um, the cell phone service and Wi-Fi can be really spotty there for some reason. I don't get that that reaction from the All-Stars, but I do get it from Pop Century. I don't know if it's the way it's built or where it's located. Um, And it also is a resort that tends to have more children because it is themed more towards younger kids. So therefore, it can be noisy. Mm Mm-hmm. Then in terms of transportation, with the All-Stars, it's buses to and from, and I think it goes sports, music, movies in terms of pickups and drop-offs. Just something to notice if you're trying to decide between the value resorts. So if you're staying in sports, you will have probably a better chance of getting on the bus and you'll be dropped off first to your resort after going to the theme park. Just something to note. But Pop Century has a new form of transportation. It does. And it's actually connected technically to art of animation. So maybe we should talk about art of animation since we keep bringing it up as part of pop century. But tell us, don't keep us in suspense. What's the new transportation? (laughs) Everybody already knows. Yes, they already know. So the new transportation option is the Disney Skyliner. And the Disney Skyliner is a gondola system. It takes you to 
only a handful of locations. So it does, it will not take you to every theme park. It will not take you to every uh, resort, but it does give you an additional option, transportation option in addition to the buses. So those are Pop Century, Art of Animation, and the Caribbean Beach Resort, which we'll get into when we talk about the moderate resorts. And it takes you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. That is correct. So I feel that because Pop Century and Art of Animation now offer the Skyliner, I feel that that really takes them to almost another category of the value resorts, don't you? Because I think that that just makes it that much more convenient to get to the parks. I mean, it definitely does. You know, Pop Century is when I have clients who want to kind of keep their trip more budget friendly, Pop Century is the resort I suggest because it is smaller than the All-Stars in terms of size and number of buildings, although it is still fairly large, but it is also a newer resort. So it means that the food court is newer, the rooms are newer. And I think that it does have, you know, the All-Stars are getting renovated, so they will be on the same level in terms of the rooms. But I think that Pop Century, uh, because it is newer, it definitely has more of a, um, as you say, a plus feel to it ahead of the All-Stars. Rack rate wise, it also tends to be more expensive than the All-Stars. How much more expensive? I would say, but it changes every year. (laughs) Oh, right. It changes every year. (laughs) Yeah. The pricing of the rooms changes every year. So even if I was to say what the rack rates were like right now, it's not going to be useful to anybody listening to this. But that being said, most of the time... Generally speaking, it's under $200 a night. Good to know. Most of the time. Art of Animation. So Art of Animation is this quirky addition to the value resort category because it is technically a value resort, but pricing-wise and uh, room size-wise actually feels more like a moderate, and here's why. In terms of theming, it has some of the best theming in all of Walt Disney World. Each section is is themed after a different Disney movie. So there is uh, Little Mermaid, Lion King, or Cars, or Finding Nemo. Uh, and they, I mean, when they theme it, they theme it. Like this is, they're all in in terms of this theming. It also has dedicated buses. Most of the rooms at Art of Animation are suites instead of your standard or your standard like queen size room, they're actually the majority of the rooms are suite style, which means if you have a larger family or you're traveling with a larger party, you all want to stay in one room. This gives you, you know, a budget friendly option because you can split the cost. It also has one of the best food courts on property. Mm -hmm. Um, It is much, much bigger than the rest of the values for sure, hands down. But it also the food, when I go to run Disney weekends, we will intentionally go to Art of Animation to go to the food court instead of going other places because the food is really that good. Mm-hmm. So um, that is a nice plus. Also, for those of you who are don't like to travel without your dogs, it is dog-friendly. It's Yay. one of the few dog-friendly resorts on Disney property. Um, and outside of the Little Mermaid rooms, which are standard rooms, the rest of the rooms are suite style, and they max out at six people. The Little Mermaid rooms uh, are at four people. But because the resort is almost all suites, it is very tough to get a Little Mermaid standard room Hmm. because there's so few of them. So if that's something you want to book, if you're interested in that, you should book it as soon as the rooms are available because they go very quickly. They do also have a pool bar. Mm -hmm. This is, it's called the drop-off by the... (laughs) The Finding Nemo pool, the big say, blue must pool. Be on the, yeah, I was going to say by the big blue pool. Also a huge resort, also really expansive. Mm-hmm. And um, the way I've heard people say that the way that art, art of Animation is laid out, if you are staying there, you can't really park your car if you have a car near your room. But they do have Bellman and it is kind of worth it if you don't feel like lugging all of your things up to your room to use one of those Bellman. Yeah, it's definitely very spread out. Again, similar to Pop Century. Um, the other thing is that similar to pop century also has spotty cell phone service and Wi-Fi that, you know, people tend to report. Um, it is the most expensive of the value resorts, right? Never doesn't matter what time of year it's the most expensive. And if you are a person who is eager to capitalize on some sort of promotion, like a package discount or a free dining, et cetera, the little mermaid rooms are never part of those promotions. Wow. They are always excluded because there's so few of them. 
Yeah. So just keep that in mind that, you know, if you're banking, like I said, if you're banking on that little mermaid room, if you really want to stay there, you're going to have to pay full price for it and you have to book it pretty early. They still don't have any um, table service nope. dining at there um, or an indoor bar or lounge room service, but they do have some on-site recreation like boating. They do have a health club and this one does have valet parking. The other fun thing about, so I don't know if you know this, Jess, but Art of Animation, here's a little Disney history for you. Art of Animation and Pop Century were actually supposed to be the same hotel. Oh. So, so they were both built, Pop Century was built first, Art of Animation was starting to build second, right before the recession hit. One of them was supposed to be the first half, the 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and the other one was supposed to be 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. And uh, because of the recession, Art of Animation was actually halted. The construction on it was was paused. So for those of you who are listening and are well-versed in your Disney hotel lore of you know the late 2000s, early 2010s, you'll remember that when Pop Century was finished and opened, I don't believe Art of Animation even had, I think it was just like a standing structure that hadn't really been like fleshed out yet. So um, for this reason, they share a bridge and that's how you can walk to and from both of them very easily. And that's also where the Skyliner station is. So awesome! if you look at overhead photos of them, you'll see that they're very similar in their layouts. And a lot of people wonder why. And that's because they were essentially supposed to be the same resort, but in two different sections. And now they are two separate resorts. Thank you for that fascinating. <laughs> this has been lesson. my TED Talk. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Our last value resort, which nobody ever remembers about unless you are a person who's done this your whole life, is the Fort Wilderness campsites. Oh, geez. These have been around forever. Well, yes, Jessica, you can go and camp at Walt Disney World. Oh, can I? <laughs> I get a lot of people who are like, I would just like to camp out at Walt, like jokingly, like inside the Magic Kingdom. And I'm like, fun fact, you can actually camp at the Walt Disney World Resort. That is an These option These have been for around you. for a really long time though, right? A really long time. And so much so that there are families who this is their thing. They stay in the same campsite every time they come and visit. If you are visiting the camp Fort Wilderness uh, campground in your around the holidays they decorate their campsites Aww. I mean people yeah it's really cute like around the holidays people put out Christmas trees they they have trick-or-treating for the kids at Halloween like it is a it is a world unto itself within the Walt Disney World property but they are considered a value resort they are probably the least expensive I don't even want to say rooms because they're not rooms. They are patches of land. You do have to provide your own shelter. So, uh, you know, it's great in terms of pricing, but you should pack a tent or an RV or whatever it is you're going to sleep in because you need to sleep in something. But it is a cool way if you're if you're a family that likes to camp and you feel like if you have if you're going to Disney is going to you're going to sacrifice your outdoor time and your camping time, you can blend both worlds and camp at the Fort Wilderness campground. Um, pets are allowed, and there's a leash-free dog park, which is really cool. Neat. All the campsites come with your standard campground amenities like charcoal grill, a picnic table, and then electricity and city water full hookup sites. There are watercraft rentals available at the marina, and you can also see the electrical water pageant, which the only other people who can see the electrical water pageant from their resort are those in the deluxe category on the monorail. So that's kind of cool. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what the electrical water pageant is? No. What is, what are, what are you talking about? <gasps> oh my about? goodness. Oh, Jessica. Okay. So hold on. Pause on the resort part. So friends, if you've never watched the electrical water pageant, it is a longstanding Disney tradition. Wait, that's what it's called? The electrical it's water pageant? Water pageant. Yep. It's I've a real thing. I've literally been going to Disney World every single year since I was like seven. And I've never heard of this. Well, if you've never stayed at one of the monorail resorts. I don't think I have. So the electrical water pageant has been around for a very long time. And you usually don't know about it. And I tease you, but you wouldn't know about it unless you were staying at one of the deluxe resorts on the monorail loop, or if you were staying at Fort Wilderness campgrounds and you happened to be looking at the water when it goes by. So it, there's no sort of um, announcement for it. It is essentially considered entertainment as part of Magic Kingdom. So you can see it if you're leaving the Magic Kingdom and you time it right, you can see it. But it is essentially 
They are whimsical sea creatures that oh. sail across <laughs> the Seven Seas Lagoon um, to classic Disney music. It's like a floating nighttime parade. So think of like, it's, yeah, you have to Google it. It's really cute if you are dining or staying at the Poly, the Grand Floridian Wilderness Lodge Contemporary or the campground. Depending on which one you're staying at, it will go by at certain times. You know, the music, it's Disney music. It has some patriotic songs. Um, what? Yeah, it's, you have to watch it. So for anybody listening, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just YouTube it and watch okay, it. Okay, yeah, we got to move on. Anyway, if you're staying at the campground, you'll be able to see it there. Just to be clear, by staying at the campground, you still get all of the perks of staying at a Disney hotel resort, like the extra magic hours and the ADRs and the... Fast Pass Plus and all of that. Oh, yeah. You totally get the same benefits. You're just staying in a campground that's on Disney property. Okay. The downside is that it is, the campground's pretty large, and it can take a long time to walk between destinations, depending on where you're going. So that is a con, and transportation to and from the campground is not that easy. If you are staying at Fort Wilderness Campground, and you, let's say you want to go to Animal Kingdom... You have to take an internal bus to the Outpost Depot. From there, you transfer to another bus to Animal Kingdom. There's a lot of pieces to, you know, tra- you have to transfer, you have to do this, you have to do that. So that's one of the downsides a lot of people don't like about it. But I think the people who love it embrace kind of the campgroundness to it. Because sure. if you've ever stayed at a campground, you know that it's not easy to... It's kind of the point. <laughs> You're supposed yeah. to be like in the middle of the woods or on a beach or whatever, you know, kind of separated from everything. So, um, but there is transportation. It just can be a little bit more convoluted than the rest of the resorts we'll talk about. So that pretty much covers the value, value plus resorts. And I think you basically already covered this, but you would recommend if this was a family coming to you and saying that they wanted to stay at one of the value resorts, you would said that you would recommend pop century. Yes, for sure. Pop century is always my go-to. Like I said, it it's newer. Uh, it's a little bit smaller in terms of size. It, you know, has all the amenities that you need. The pricing tends to be pretty consistent and you still have access to the benefits at art of animation, like the food, the amazing food court. And you also have the Skyliner as an additional transportation option. So I think out of all the values, pop century tends to give you the most bang for your buck. Awesome. Let's move on to the moderate resorts. So the moderate resorts are the Caribbean beach or the Caribbean beach, whatever, you know, whatever you could say it either way. (laughs) We argue in my family, the Coronado Springs resort, and then Port Orleans, French quarter, and Port Orleans Riverside, right? And the cabins at Fort Wilderness Campground are also considered moderate. Yeah. So well, since we just talked about the campsite, let's talk about the cabins. They are part of the campground, but they are actual permanent dwellings. So you don't have to worry about bringing a tent or an RV. You actually have a, a building to sleep in. They accommodate, a, I think, up to six people per cabin um, with a separate bedroom, two TVs, a full kitchen. Um, it's much quieter. They have a ton of on-site activities like archery and campfire and fishing and all that kind of stuff. You can, if you're driving or if you have a rental car, you can park right next to your cabin, which is great because unloading your car with all of your luggage and things like that makes it super easy. And it is very dog friendly. Their bed sizes are queen. There's only one room type. It is just the cabin. <laughs> so there's yeah. no like preferred or standard room. It's you're, you're just in a cabin. Um, but the cons, again is the transportation. But you, you can get there from the from boats, right? You can do boat you can, transportation, right? Just to Magic Kingdom. Oh, okay. And that's everything for the else, campground too, isn't it? Yes. So everything else is by bus. But if you're going to the Magic Kingdom, there is a there is a boat that will take you to the Magic Kingdom. So now we can talk about my favorite thing, which is dining. Dining at the Fort Wilderness Resort and Campgrounds is not the easiest location to visit unless you're staying there. So one thing to keep in mind is that although it has two, actually I should say one super popular dining location and one very underrated dining location, it is definitely a little bit of a trek to get there. So keep in mind if you're gonna if you're not staying there but you want to eat there, it's gonna take you a while to get there. But that being said, the most popular one of the most popular dining reservations in, in all of Disney World is the Hoopty Doo Musical Review which celebrated its 40th anniversary in 
2014. So what, 45 wow. years now? Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's a dinner show. Uh, it's held nightly and it's a kind of vaudeville-esque dinner show. And it is, there are families that have been going to this since it first started performing. Mm-hmm. I think it's the longest running performance at Walt Disney World. And if you are not a person who likes interactive dinner theater, like being voluntold what to do while you're eating your dinner. Uh, I would not recommend it because you can get pulled out of the audience for audience participation, but it is uh, a really fun night out for your family. Night out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but keep in mind that it, that it does, if you're not staying at Fort Wilderness, it's a bit of a trek too. If you are staying there, you're golden, super easy to get to. The other popular location is Trails and Restaurant, which is a buffet for breakfast and dinner and actually has really wonderful food. So, you know, you have a great buffet option for both meals, the start of your day and the end of your day, super accessible from the cabins and the campsites. But again, if you're staying at a different resort, it's a little bit of a, an adventure as you would to get there. <laughs> as you say. <laughs> as you say. In terms of <laughs> entertainment at Fort Wilderness, the cabins and the campsites, there's biking, there's pony rides. There's hay rides, there's campfires, um, there's, I guess there's a marina where you can mm-hmm. rent boats, which I didn't mm-hmm. even know about. And then someone alerted me to that after our last episode. <laughs> like, you know, there is a marina at, at Fort Wilderness. Good to know. And the cabins kind of give you a, you know, you're kind of getting like a full suite. I mean, you're really getting your own little house with the kitchen and, and the TVs and all of that but in that like rustic wooded setting. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. And especially, like I said, if you're traveling where you have a car, if you're driving there, it's really nice to have your car literally outside your door, which is not an option at any of the other resort. Mm -hmm. Caribbean beach. Also a moderate. Or Caribbean beach. (laughs) You decide. What do you say, Ashley? I, what do I say? I think I say Caribbean. Yeah. I was just curious. I think, why do you say, you say Caribbean. Yeah. Is this going to be a thing? Are we going to start like know. fighting? <laughs> no. I mean, we could make it a thing, but... We can make it a thing. We have too many things that are already a thing. Have, I know. Let's, a not, let's, not, <laughs> let's not, not go there. Let's talk about... Now, in the moderate resort category, after the cabins, of course, these are more... What would you compare these to? If the value resorts are maybe more like a motel or a Motel 6, these are more like what? Like a Holiday Inn? I would say so. I mean, they are... Um, they are, You're still having exterior-facing doors, so you're still not having that kind of inside hallway feel. Um, but they are larger. There are a handful of convention resorts in the moderate category. So they tend to have, they tend to be more widespread out, not by size and building, but by size and square mileage, the buildings, the theming is on point, but it is not dramatic like it is at the values. I mean, it is, it is very well themed, but beautifully done. And the food, all the food is themed to where you are staying as well, which is a lot of fun. I think it's very immersive in that sense. They also, uh, the moderate category with these hotels tends to have, the rooms tend to be a little bit bigger, but you are still spread out. Um, They have internal bus stops. So instead of taking one, having one bus stop that's going to take you, take everybody there are multiple bus stops. So I actually look at that as a pro because depending on where your room is located, you know, you might actually be really close to a bus stop and you don't have to walk all the way to the front of the resort, but, uh, to each their own. Some people don't like it in the case of Caribbean and then Port Orleans Riverside, which we will talk about shortly. They also have some themed rooms. Those are a room option in addition to your standard preferred, etc. So we will talk about that, but at Caribbean beach, they are pirate rooms. I'm waiting for your reaction. You clearly don't care about the pirate rooms. <laughs> They're a pirate room. Yeah, they have like they have sails and they look like boats. I mean, it is a pirate room. You're sleeping in a sailboat. Oh. <laughs> if you want to sleep in a sailboat. Thank it's you. It's the next, next level up from sleeping in a campsite to sleeping in a sailboat inside of your hotel room. But yeah, I would say that they're like they're like a holiday inn. Yeah. You know, they're nice, they're clean, they're big, they're beautiful, you know, they're very beautiful. Big very well done. Is, for sure. The the thing I remember most about staying there at Caribbean was how expansive it was. And that you we walked you walk over a lot of bridges mm-hmm. because there's like little lakes and ponds throughout. And if you're just walking over to where the food is, because they do have some table service restaurants there and great pools with water slides. 
Uh, and I just remember walking so much. <laughs> and maybe it's because I had blisters on my feet from going to the park in really terrible shoes, which we need to have like a whole episode about what shoes you should wear. <laughs> we talk about shoes all the time. I do think we have to have a shoe conversation. Yeah, we should have a shoe conversation. But I just remember being like, oh my gosh, this is such a huge resort. So yeah, that's definitely something to be aware of that it's spread out. But most Disney resorts are, they have a lot of rooms. It is, you know, I actually think it is a benefit because it means that the sound is dispersed. Mm -hmm. It's not all centrally located. So yes, I mean, you do have to think about at the end of the day, you still have to drag yourself back to your room. But that being said, if you're the kind of family that likes a little bit more seclusion, a little bit more, um, you know, room to move about, I, I feel both with Caribbean beach and with Coronado and Coronado is my favorite resort. I feel like you just have more room to breathe Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that it, this is just my personal opinion, but I feel like it does, they do a really great job. All four of the moderates do a really great job of making you feel immersed in the location that you're in. Absolutely. The, the exteriors theming, are beautiful. Oh my yeah. gosh. The grounds are beautiful. The pools, the Caribbean beach pool is one of the coolest pools. So it cool. looks like a sandcastle. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks like a giant sandcastle with all these slides. Um, you know, they have like, just like you said, they have some table service restaurants, um, which actually just the whole resort just got a refurb a couple of years ago. So it has definitely been refreshed. And it's on the Skyliner route, like we talked about. So that is another plus. But they also have, they have an actual beach with a marina Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they have those giant bodies of water internally. So um, they have little sailboats and they do marshmallow roasting at the beach. Um, So there are some of those things that, yes, it's big. It is a convention hotel, um, as is Coronado. I do like to tell people, they always hear convention hotel and they immediately think lots of people let me tell you, the convention people, you're never going to see them. They're in the convention. No. <laughs> <laughs> like they're there in the convention halls. You're going to see them maybe in the morning for breakfast or maybe in the evening if they're having like uh, a celebratory beverage, but d- they will not, you will not be as impacted by the conventions. And the conventions tend to be adults versus the all stars. Yeah. Where they're not. <laughs> so adults can still be just as noisy, but it's a different kind of noise. So, but again, because they're spread out, it's rare that you would be directly impacted by the large number of people. Yeah. People. Yeah. Agreed. Let's talk about the room types. So there's a lot of room types here. Most of the moderates have um, a handful of different room types. So you have your standard view, water or pool view, a king bed, which is its own room type, preferred room, and then your pirate rooms, <laughs> as we discussed, which have a standard and a water view. And so this is just you're just talking Caribbean right now, right? I'm just talking, yeah, I'm just okay. talking, yeah. Standard view and water view uh, are queen size beds. Preferred room category again, queen. And the pirate rooms are actually fulls. So I actually rarely suggest the pirate rooms to clients unless they have children who are of an age where pirates are really cool. Cause there's like an extra charge for those too, right? Yes. Well, it depends. Sometimes they can be discounted. It really depends, but the other room categories are, are great. I would say that Caribbean beach is definitely going to get more popular because of the Skyliner edition. Yep. Absolutely. That's a huge, as soon as I read that, I was like, yep, I would stay there again because just for that, just reason. For that additional transportation, even though it's only taking you to, Hollywood Studios or Epcot, having that second mode of transportation is just, it's definitely going to be attractive to a lot of people. This is another resort where I would suggest, you know, book your trip early between the conventions that are already already booked and the fact that people really want to ride the Skyliner and be on the Skyliner. And because it's been a refurbished resort recently, those are all really appealing, especially to families who have traveled to Disney a lot and are you know, returning and kind of know what they want. All right, let's move on to your favorite Coronado Resort. I love Coronado. I'm interested in hearing why this is your favorite. Well, for the record, I loved Coronado before everybody else loved Coronado. (laughs) So I just want to make it clear that- Oh, you're such a millennial. (laughs) You're such a hipster. I I just started the trend. But no, but really, I've loved Coronado since the first time I stayed there, gosh, like 10 years ago. Um, So- I'll give you all the background. So Coronado, again, similar to Caribbean Beach, beautiful grounds. It is gorgeously landscaped. One of my favorite things to do at Coronado 
is to sit in one of the hammocks underneath the palm trees and just like read a book. Yes. It's so nice, which I know is kind of anti Disney because aren't you supposed to be a theme park? But generally speaking, when I've stayed at Coronado, I've been doing a run Disney race. And so being off of my feet is the best, (laughs) best thing I could be doing in between races. Um, and it's really nice to have a strawberry daiquiri and read a book under, on a hammock on a beautiful, uh, Florida day. So again, beautiful grounds definitely feels a lot more adult friendly. Um, you know, Caribbean beach does too, but I think that Coronado takes it a little bit of a step up. The, they have a handful of table service restaurants, um, two lounges, interior lounges. So there is one inside the main building. And now that they've built the Grand Destino Tower, there's also a lounge at the top of the tower. Um, So the lounges have a very adult feel to them. Um, So it definitely feels like a step up in a lot of ways. It's also the only moderate that has a salon and a health club. And they have a a fine dining like a tapas and steak. Yes, which is brand new. It's in the part Grand of the tower. Yeah. So it literally just opened this summer. Um, so it's definitely I'm, a little more adult. It is and definitely I, a little it, more adult. It probably is because of the whole convention because they, they also have business club level rooms too. So I'm thinking, you know, they, it seems like they've sort of marketed this towards that. I actually like to refer to it almost as like a baby deluxe because it has the spa because it has the health club. Um, it has multiple quiet pools in addition to the main pool, which has what they call the dig site, which has a great slide. Um, and it does like, it does have a more adult feel to it for sure. Um, the amount of room category, there's so many room categories, which we'll get into. And it does have club access. It does have, um, some suites. There's even a presidential suite. So it, it definitely skews more towards, that convention focus, but Mm -hmm. I actually think that that it's one of the resorts that I recommend the most to groups of adults who are traveling together. So if you have like a a girl's trip or a bachelorette party or, you know, even romantic trips, if you have a, if somebody is, is wanting to go on a romantic Disney vacation, but the deluxe resorts are a little out of their price range, this is like a perfect in between because you get all the amenities that a deluxe resort provides at a fraction of the cost. As long as you're not staying in the tower, the tower is a little bit more expensive, (laughs) but plus there's so much to do just right there with the food options and the pool options. And absolutely. Yes. It's great. I mean, I have stayed there many, many times and I could tell you that I've never had issues with noise. Um, the location similar to Caribbean beach where it's located, you're pretty close to Epcot into Hollywood studio. So you can actually hear the fireworks from both parks. It's hard to see them. If you're in the tower, you can see them, but if you're on one of the regular buildings, you can't really see them, but you can hear them. The first time it happened, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't realize how close we were. But yeah. um, but if you were up in the tower, you can see them. So that's kind of a nice perk now, too. But transportation is just bus there, right? The shuttles? It is just bus, similar to Caribbean Beach and some of the values. Uh, there is multiple bus stops. Um, they are numbered in a way that doesn't make Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't make sense. It, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. You're going to so, get lost. <laughs> well, no. So you won't get lost, but you do have to look at the map. So the way, so the resort is built in a circle and it is, it, all of the rooms surround uh, the lake in the middle. And the resort bus stop number one is out by the front you know, the check-in building. When the resort bus comes in, it actually comes in the back side of the resort and it drops off and picks up at bus stop number two first. So it actually goes two, three, four, <laughs> one. The front bus stop is the last bus stop it goes to. It's like a Yoda. Like <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I stay there, I'm like, let's go to bus stop two. And everybody's like, why would you want not go to one? I was like, cause one's actually the last one. And then it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the map, you can see. Um, and so I actually like it because although there is a lot of walking, I use, I try to request a room that is close to one of the, the buildings in the back, close to one of those bus stops, because it means that I have less people to fight for a seat. And you can do that when you're reserving. So you can, you can, um, if you have a building or a room type or I would just say room type because you pay for room type, but if there is a location, if you, um, you know, would prefer a lower floor, a higher floor, a corner room, you know, those kind of preferences when you are going through your booking process with your agent, you can put in those requests and the agent will ask Disney very politely that that's your request, or you can do it. If you're booking yourself, there's a, a room request section. Neat. 
It is not a guarantee. It's never sure. a guarantee. If you do have some preferences, Disney will do everything they can to try to get you into that room. So I always try to pick a room on the backside of, of Coronado. It means it's a longer walk to breakfast. It's a longer walk to get cake and ice cream because Mm -hmm. fun secret coronado has one of the best bakeries on property that nobody knows about um and trust me when i tell you i've eaten i've eaten every single type of cake that they serve in the bakery so i've done all the market research for you already (laughs) you just trust me it's it's really important to be able to report on these things so it's for you listeners as my waistline for you stop like no no it's for my listeners so again it's a longer walk up front but it's a shorter walk to the theme park bus. So let's talk about Port Orleans French Porter. Or do you say Port Orleans? <laughs> like I New say, Orleans. Oh, geez. See, now I think I'm going like to be self-conscious about every way that I say all these resorts now. Uh, so Port Orleans French Quarter. So Port Orleans is actually split into two different resorts, but they are connected. There is French Quarter and Riverside. For those of you old school Disney people from way back in the day, Port Orleans used to be what was called Dixie Landings. Oh, and yes. they, they rethemed it and changed it at some it's point. It's Mardi Gras the, now. Well, it is. So French Quarter is um, much more Mardi Gras themed. Um, again, beautiful grounds. It is much smaller, much smaller, very intimate. Uh, the buildings, again, exterior walkways, but the walkways are... You have that beautiful, intricate wrought iron design to them. Um, you really do feel, if you've ever been to New Orleans, you do feel like you are in. Except for one thing, Ashley. Except <laughs> for one thing. How Which is? is it that Port Orleans French Quarter has no table service restaurant? Because How they serve is beignets. But, but, but like <laughs> that's all you need you just need to eat beignets New Orleans, you're you're going to some restaurants and they have no restaurants i don't know that just blows my mind that well seems i think like no dining my, options in the big easy come on now well they do they do have a uh a quick service called sasagula floatworks <laughs> and uh it is like being in a float if you've ever gone to new orleans and, and gone into one of the float warehouses that's what it's like you're going into a warehouse with float decor um, but i agree with you it is kind of crazy i think it's because when dixie landings was built if you look at the map of both resorts you know they used to be one resort so the way it was built was the table service restaurant happened to be on the riverside yeah. side yeah but that's quite a walk. I agree walk. with you. That's a, that's it a is walk. a bit of a walk for sure. The other thing you could always do though, is you could take the boat to Disney Springs. Yeah, that's cool. Really nice. And I know they, a lot of people who actually love the French Quarter Resort because of how small and intimate that it is. It's really beautiful. I mean, it definitely is one of the more romantic resorts on property for sure. Um, but it's only you know, one having, pool. <laughs> having that, that boat option to Disney Springs is just a fun way to to travel to Disney Springs. It's different than other forms of transportation. Um, and it is quiet. It is a very quiet resort, which a lot of people I think really appreciate. The downside in terms of transportation is that the buses are sometimes shared with Riverside, which means they can get crowded or, and the commutes can be longer. But generally speaking, you know, unless you're there for a really busy time of year, you should have, you know, a pretty standard transportation experience, just like other places. I think it's worth staying there just for the access to the beignets, but that's just me. <laughs> of course, it's about food. I mean, uh, my issue food. with it is the one <laughs> pool. I mean, it's a cool pool. It's got the water slides and cannons and fountains. And, you know, it's great for kids, but just with the one, even if it's, even though it's a smaller resort and kind of quiet, that pool can be, can be pretty, pretty crowded. Yeah, absolutely. It can be for sure. I mean, it's definitely, but you also have to remember the resort is much smaller. You know, some of the larger resorts, you definitely have bigger pools, but you have more people and you can walk to Port Orleans Riverside. So if you want to go to the Riverside pool, you can do that too. Um, right. You know, it's a little bit of a walk, but you do have access to the Riverside side <laughs> of <Riverside> things. Side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you know, you do have this kind of intimate, smaller resort at French Quarter, but then you also have access to another one, which kind of opens up some more possibilities. Well, I took a poll on Instagram recently and asked what everybody's favorite resort to stay at was when they go to Walt Disney World, and Port Orleans Riverside got the most votes. I'm 
interesting. Isn't that interesting? So let's talk about this one next. Okay. So Port Orleans, Riverside, again, New Orleans kind of themed, but more on the antebellum mansion kind of style. Mm -hmm. Um, It has more buildings. It's a little bit bigger, but still beautiful grounds. You really do feel like you are in... Louise in the bayou when you're walking around. Um, you still have access to the boat to Disney Springs, but it does have both a food court and a table service restaurant, Jessica. So now you have mm-hmm. your, you know, some place to sit and eat where somebody serves you. I need um, it. <laughs> I mean, if you're playing for vacation, you're going to want to have, it's, I think it's fair. You want to have service. They also have carriage rides similar to French Quarter. Romance. But out of the two, Riverside is dog friendly. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Good to know. A good chunk of the rooms can accommodate up to five people. So that's another option. They also have one room category, which is the royal guest room. Ooh, what's that? It is princess themed, but not in the way that you would think. The decor is is dark purples and dark greens. Oh, and is it like Princess and the Frog? The so yeah, it's kind of like, it, there's definitely a lot of Princess and the Frog theming to it, but there also is, you know, Aladdin's magic carpet is is in the carpet on the floor. Um, the portraits are different portraits of the princesses. So it's a very, um, luxurious Royal feel to the room and, uh, is definitely one of the more popular room categories for sure. So it does have more theming, but the theming is not super intense. It definitely feels deliberate and intentional. And, you know, it's kind of a fun upgrade if you've got, especially if you have children who are really into the princesses, you do kind of feel like you're a princess. You stay in there. So fun fact about Port Orleans Riverside, in addition to your table service restaurant, they do have a lounge and they have a performer there who is quite famous. His name is Yeehaw Bob Jackson, Yeehaw Bob for short. And he has been performing there a really long time. A long time. It's like a piano, dueling piano, sing-along show. Although not dueling piano. It's like a piano sing-along. And it is family friendly. So you can totally bring your kids. Um, He performs a couple nights a week. They will have entertainment schedule at the front desk. When you get there, you can also look online. And um, and he's very popular. I mean, people people stay at Port Orleans Riverside because they love to go to see Yeehaw Bob. So even if you're not staying there, I highly recommend, if you can make it over to one of the resorts, I highly recommend going and checking him out because he's a lot of fun. You know what, Ashley? We have so much to talk about. I think we need to split this into two episodes. I agree. I feel like at this point, people are just so overwhelmed with all of the information that we should give them a little bit of a breather to come back and listen to the second half of this episode, which is probably my favorite half of this episode. Oh, it it definitely is. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely are super excited to talk about the deluxe resort. So between then and now, if you have any questions for us, find us on mainstreetinspirations.com or you can reach out to us individually. I am at actor Jessica Gardner. And I'm at happy go Ashley. And if you find us chomping at the bit to tell you more about Disney resorts, please come up to us and say hi. Remember, you can sit with us. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Part two, coming soon. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun.